New Testament book of Ephesians, chapter 4. We're going to be looking at uh, verses 11 to 15 in just a few moments. Um, I'll give you a few moments to find that. Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 11 to 15. Last week we started a, a series on uh, vision and direction for our church uh, that will lead us uh, up to, uh, to Easter this year. We spent some time last week uh, exploring some of the challenges from the Bible about what it means to, uh, to worship and how we can encourage one another uh, to praise God together. And uh, isn't it great uh, when we're able to gather as a church and just worship God and Jesus together? Um, I love uh, hearing you guys sing out. Some of you are amazing singers. Some of you not so much. But it's great to hear us all just uh, sing out and, uh, and worship together uh, and to realize that uh, what we're doing here together in church is not about us at all, um, but it's about lifting up Jesus, praising Him who is so worthy. Today we want to explore uh, the area of church ministry and um, what exactly uh, we mean by uh, church ministries. We have a lot of different ministry stuff that kind of we, we label as a church, and we want to explore a bit more of uh, um, what that looks like. So uh, what I mean by church ministries, uh, I mean opportunities we take as followers of Jesus to try to show others the love of Jesus. Uh, opportunities we have uh, through the week that we're trying to seek out opportunities to show God's love with others. All of our ministries uh, should be about loving people toward God, uh, loving God and loving people and moving them toward God. All of our ministries we have to make sure as a church are done in a safe way, uh, free from any uh, abuse or neglect or violence, and uh, that all of our ministries are done in a, according to guidelines by state and federal officials, but uh, also uh, according to uh, our Creating Safe Spaces curriculum that we're trained in, and make sure that all of our ministries are biblically based in that uh, what we do is, is honoring to God's Word and God's ways. Ministry needs to involve practical care, reaching out and connecting with people and showing God's love through that sort of practical care. And our ministry should involve relational investments uh, in that we should spend time connecting in with people. That takes time, takes investment. I'll unpack uh, some of this for you in a, in a few moments, but let's take uh, just a moment to look and what ministry should do according to this passage of Scripture that the Apostle Paul had written to the church at Ephesus. Uh, let me read for you in Ephesians chapter 4, just verses 11 to 15. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 11. Sorry, Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him 
who is the head, that is Christ. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the precious gift of your word. We pray, Lord, that we follow it faithfully together as we seek to follow you in ministry and mission in our community. Lord, lead us and guide us through your word now. May your Holy Spirit speak to our hearts and challenge our lives. Draw us ever closer to your love. Help us, Lord, to be the church that you want us to be and to be honoring to you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. This uh, passage that I read for you has a, an interesting point. It says, I call you to service so that the body of Christ, that's you and me, might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So who does it say should be involved in ministry, says the body of Christ. That's you and me and every follower of Jesus needs to be active in trying to lead others closer and closer to God. We are to learn together, to serve together, to encourage each other in whatever way we can. After Jesus had resurrected from the dead and before he ascended back to be with God in heaven to prepare a place for us, Jesus gave us this challenge. We find it in uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Now verse 19, I read for you, begins with that word, therefore, and as we say, Every time we see that word, therefore, we have to look at what is that word, therefore, therefore. And we find that by looking back at verse 18 to see why that is there. Verse 18 says, Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus was the only man who had all of the authority of God on earth. And before he ascends, to be with God in heaven. He says to his followers, God has given me this authority, and so I am sending you as my followers. And so therefore, as you are going out, as you are going out, you need to be the church. As you are going out, teach people to do all the things that I've commanded you. As you are going Love. Now, it doesn't say in this commission from Jesus, as you're going out, do your best to try to get everyone to come to church. Now, I love our worship times. I love being a part of a church. I wish that everyone in our community would be in a church somewhere here on the coast every single Sunday. But our main goal is not to try to get people to come to our worship times. In fact, I I always find it interesting when people say, oh, we need to get people into the church. We need to get people to come to church. I think, well, what exactly are we meaning by that? Are we meaning just the Sunday morning worship? Is that all that's important? Is that all 
that we want to focus on? Because scripturally, we need to be doing a lot more as a church. Yes, our worship times are important. Our ministry times are important. Our times of mission and sharing the hope we have in Jesus is important. It is important to get people to, uh, to come into a church. It's important to get people involved in church. But our main goal of any ministry should be to be the church and to show God's love to others. Part of that is worship. Part of that is spiritual growth, is ministry and mission. We're growing together. And that leads into that worship and celebration of who God is. It leads into studying God's Word. It leads into serving God in whatever, whatever way people are gifted and God has gifted them to do. But our goal is not about just getting people to come in to fill the seats in the, um, in the church building. Our goal should be about being the church and loving and caring for people in our community. Verse 20 says, We should be teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Teach them the ways of Jesus. As followers of Jesus, teach others to become followers of Jesus. Later in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul gives this challenge. I'll read this from a, a different translation. It's called The Voice. It says, Don't let even one rotten word seep out of your mouths. Instead, offer only fresh words that build up others when they need it most. That way your good words will communicate grace to those who hear them. It's time to stop bringing grief to God's Holy Spirit. You've been sealed with the Spirit, marked as His own for the day of rescue. Banish all bitterness, rage and anger, shouting and slander, and any and all malicious thoughts, for they are poison. Instead, be kind and compassionate. Graciously forgive one another, as, just as God has forgiven you through the anointed, our liberating King. I don't know about you, I find that passage beautiful and I find that passage challenging. And sometimes when I look at passages like this in, in Ephesians, that's Ephesians 4, 29 to 32, I think that sounds great. That's often not the church we see, is it? Sometimes when you're involved in church for a while, you can see people in the church because we're we're made up of people we're fallen people we're sinful people and you you may be thinking as i read through this passage in ephesians 4 29 to 32 you go "Mm, that's not who i was sitting next to in church on sunday well that's not who was up there doing that on sunday because as people we we often fall short of god's grace and he says be intent- Paul challenges the church there and says, be intentional about trying to represent God's love in all you do. Be intentional about loving and forgiving one another, moving them closer to God. He will change them. He will transition them to who He needs to be. He will lead them. And yes, we need to be people of, of His Word and we need to make sure that our ministries are, are honoring to, to Scripture. We need to be about loving people closer and closer to God, moving them toward Him. He is the one who heals. He is the one whose Spirit guides us and transitions us and leads us and purifies us to who we need to be. Now, 
As a pastor, one of my primary roles is in uh, preaching and teaching God's Word to our church and to make sure that the different ministries that we have and the mission things we're involved in are all in line with God's will and God's Word. But each of us, each and every one of us, are called to minister. We can all watch our words. We can make sure that we try to use words that heal and not hurt. We can all seek to love and to forgive. We can all seek to show mercy like we receive it from God. I don't know about you, but I'm amazed when I think of God's mercy. Because I know me. More than you know me. More than Lindy knows me. And I know this is going to come as a big surprise to you guys. I don't always have it all together. I don't always make the right choice. I don't always do the right thing. Now, I know some of you are, are floored right now. Your mouths are dropped, your jaws dropped. You're shocked. But others of you who have known me for a while aren't shocked at all. You're not surprised. <laughs> yeah, well, let me. I could give you a list of things. Huh? Um, but we have to recognize... We have to recognize who we are. But we also, as a church, have to recognize whose we are. That we, are, we, we belong to God. We are part of His family. I, I'm forgiven. I can be restored. I can be picked back up and put back on the right path. I'm so grateful for God's mercy. And so, so much so, that I always, always, always try to err on the side of mercy. And grace. When I'm talking to people, when I'm dealing with people, some of you, you guys are so easy to deal with most of the time. You guys are always, you're always easy to deal with most of the time. Does that make sense? No. Well, none of us are easy to deal with all the time. Some of us rub each other the wrong way sometimes. I always try to be gracious. Sometimes that is a challenge. Sometimes it's a challenge to be gracious and to be loving always. We always have to err on that side of grace. I know I've said this before in years past, but I've been told by other pastors, I've been told by other leaders, you're just too gracious. Now, and I actually mean, people mean really well by that. They're just going, you know, and I say, no, we have to stand by, by, by Scripture. We have to make sure our ministries and our service are, are, are trying to honor God but I, I just, I, I don't understand that same because, because I've experienced God's grace. And it's out of that grace that we experience that we're supposed to minister. And that's why each of us as followers of Jesus, not just pastors or leaders, but each of us as followers of Jesus are meant to love and to lead people closer to God because we've experienced that mercy and forgiveness and grace. And I found... I didn't just experience it once. I experience it every single day. His mercies are new every morning because my mess-ups are new every morning. Like we just keep on stumbling. We keep on falling. He keeps on picking us back up, forgiving us and leading us back in the right way. We can all seek to show mercy. Be intentional about loving others in the way that God loves us. So what sort of ministries do we talk about as a church? Now, um, we don't want to be focused on the idea of 
Uh, we need to run a lot of programs uh, in our church. So those of you who have been around church for a long time uh, would recognize that a few decades ago, a lot of churches were focused on, on programs. And we have to have a program for this and we have to have a program that to get people to kind of come into the church. And then there was people who, who came along and said, no, no, we, we've got to... We've got to stop doing programs because that's not to be uh, the focus. And all the time, back and forth through the years, is going, oh, do we have these programs? Do we not have these programs? And all that kind of stuff. All good thoughts. Like people are trying to really go, what does God want us to do? I want to say as a church, we don't want to have ministries and programs just for the sake of having more ministries and programs because we end up just running ourselves to death. No, we try to do everything and, and something for all people. But, and, and, and people should always be more important, I think, than, than any sort of policy or, or program that we have. We have to err on the side of loving people. But what we want to do is try to run enough sort of programs or ministries in order to care for one another. To show God's love and encouragement and grace. Now, you can, you can look through Scripture if, if you want. and uh, I'm, In fact, I encourage you to do that. But there's actually no set of ministries, you're not going to find uh, a passage of Scripture that, that lays out uh, a list of all the ministries that you should have if you're a church of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should have this number of ministries or what they are. Uh, there's not a set sort of guideline. We're just challenged to love. We're challenged to care. We're challenged to reach out and to try to teach others about God's love. So I'll list uh, a few of the ministries that we have here at Lake so you get an idea of kind of what we're talking about in ministry. Uh, we've got our, our, our playtime uh, a couple times a week. We've got Lakes Kids, which are uh, caring for our kids over there now. Uh, we've got Kids Club on the Friday night. We've got Ignite for our youth group on a Friday night. Uh, we've got the, uh, the, the craft group, which uh, ministers together and uh, meets different needs in the community. We've got our seniors ministry, uh, which try to love and care for one another. Um, even our, our worship team is a place of, of ministry and, and, and caring and trying to encourage one another in that. Uh, the tech team, I think, which is the sound and data stuff. We've got morning tea uh, teams. We've got people who are on uh, greeting and trying to serve together. People do communion and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we've got people who serve together doing property and maintenance, uh, repairs and maintenance and stuff to our buildings and facilities, uh, property. We've got cooking teams, we've got pastoral care teams, we've got She Is as far as the ladies' ministry, we've got uh, our men's ministry, and this is not to even mention kind of some of the unofficial ways that you guys just get together to support one another and to encourage one another in God's love. Now, these are all great, but we need to make sure that each ministry is biblically based, is honoring to God. And we need to make sure that each ministry is looking after those who attend, who are part of it, that we are intentional about ministering in this setting. Does that make sense? So we're intentional about uh, looking after those who attend. We're also intentional about looking after those who volunteer or those who uh, serve, intentional about investing in people, exploring where they're gifted and, and challenging them, empowering them to rise up and to serve. We need to be intentional about Investing in people, empowering people, but also resting people. Now, I don't mean laid the rest as far as cemetery kind of stuff. We're not going to be trying to drive our leaders in the ground. We need to actually be trying to do the opposite of that. 
to look after them and make sure, are you having a break? Can we get some extra volunteers in here so you can have a break? We need to be looking after them. Uh, one of the things I um, try to do as a pastor is meet with our ministry leaders and just say, how are things for you personally? How are you, how are you going in your, your walk with God? How are things in, uh, in your relationship at home, whether it be family or uh, marriage or family or whatever that is? Uh, how are you traveling? How are you going with your volunteers? And focus on the person, because if we're leading from a healthy place, we can lead uh, healthier ministries. We have a purpose of showing God's love. And what one thing I've found through the years is we have to be intentional about this. We can sit up and say, these are the ministries at Lakes Baptist Church. This is what we're going to do. And we can just kind of keep going. You think, oh, they just keep on going and keep on going. But we have to be intentional about making sure what we actually have set up are ministries. That they are caring for people. That they are loving people. That they are doing what we are set up to do as ministries of the church. Now to be clear, again, this isn't a, uh, a static or even a set group of ministries. We're to, supposed to reevaluate them uh, from time to time to make sure that they are meeting the needs uh, that they should. And ministry should be fluid a bit, and it can change uh, through the years. Sometimes it's great to have tons of different ministries. Sometimes it's great, and what is right and healthy for the church is to have only a few ministries. Ministries can change through the years. Ministries can change depending on who is in the church and who is gifted uh, to serve in these different ways. Ministry can change depending on the direction of the church as uh, they're seeking God's direction at the time. The heart for people and Jesus must remain the same. Everything else can change. One of the challenging things I've found about being a part of a church for a number of years, and, and not just this church, but I mean part of the church for uh, all of my life, is that ministries can become precious to us in that we, we can love the way things used to be in a sense. We can love a certain ministry so much that we struggle to let it go when we need to. And one thing we have to do in, in following in following God and in loving the community and reaching out, I think, is we have to be willing sometimes to say goodbye to some things that we've dearly loved. And we also have to be willing to start up new things, which again can be very uncomfortable. And one thing is, with ministries, it's okay to fail. Now, what I want to say by then is it's okay if it looks like a ministry fails by the world's standards. Because the world's standards very often aren't God's standards. The world would say, unless you have X number of people coming into your ministry or unless the people are, are, are increasing exponentially, then that ministry is not a success and that ministry needs to close. You may say, uh, the world may say, unless that ministry is starting new ministries, then that's not a success. We often will try to model the church after the world standards of business uh, and management. God says we are to, to love and to care and to forgive and to lead people closer to God. It's not, about, it's not about numbers. It's not about how the world sees it as a success. It's not even about how another church may see it as a success or a failure. We are to follow God. And some things you can try. Because you say, you know what? This is according to God's scripture. This is fine scripturally. You're feeling passionate and gifted to do this. Let's give this a try. Because this can really reach, this may really reach some people 
for God. We have to be willing to step up and to, to step out and to try some new things, even if it may not be going on in 30 years' time. If we've closed that door, some ministries may go on for decades. Some ministries uh, may have a shorter season. But it's not failing in any way if it's honoring to God and loving to people. So we need to get rid of that sort of mindset. We're not trying to compete with other churches. We're not trying to be other churches. We're simply trying to be the church, to join in what God is doing in our community, just trying to show God's love. Our ministries during the week, each day, are just as important as our worship on Sunday morning. We have great opportunity to learn from God and to be challenged by God and to move each other closer to God. We know as followers of Jesus that we're not only to worship, but we're to teach one another and others the ways of Jesus, to strive to follow Jesus together. So I want to challenge you guys as, as this church to, to pray for your ministry leaders. Check out uh, the different ministries at church and pray about how God would have you to get involved and show God's love to others. I want to challenge us as a church family to consider the ministries of the church, how we can be intentional about lovingly leading people to God, caring for each other, forgiving each other, leading each other, yes, according to God's Word, yes, by God's standards, but by God's grace. Let me just lead us in a word of prayer. God, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. I thank you for the way that you love us. I thank you, Lord, for the way you show mercy and grace and you keep on picking us up out of the mud, out of the mire, and lifting us up and putting us back on the solid rock, on the clear foundation of your word and leading us in the ways of righteousness. Thank you, Lord, that you never give up on us. Help us. Help us, Lord, to love each other in that way. Help us, Lord, to forgive each other in that way. Help us to lead each other in that way, closer and closer to you. May the ministries that we start up never be about us, but be about bringing glory to you and be about bringing love your love, Lord, into the lives of others and leading people to you. May the ministries that we keep going be about honoring you and leading people in your love. Lord, help us to follow in your steps. Help us to follow in your ways and to seek your guidance of what to start or what to close or whatever that may be. Help us to look after one another and to lead one another in your love. Sometimes, Lord, that means making difficult decisions. Sometimes that means stepping outside of our comfort zone. But, Lord, I pray, I pray that we never be in your church to be comfortable, but that we be, we be part of your church to be followers. May we follow you in every way. Take us, Lord, where you want us to go. Help us to show your love and grace every step of the way. Be honored and glorified, Lord, through the way that we seek to serve together, to serve others in our community, to serve you, and to honor and glorify you. Be praised, Lord, through it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.